This happened yesterday at the time of writing, so I'm just getting this all written down before something happens. If you don't hear from me, don't come looking. You'll likely be next. Some context now. I run a volunteer radio station show at my campus. The oldest in Canada. You know the one if you're a local or Googling, but I don't really want to write down its name. We have over a hundred volunteer run shows running at any given time, so finding one that didn't that I hadn't listened to on air before isn't really all that unexpected of an event. Including the syndicated shows. I think we run over 130 shows a week. Anyways, point is, I've got a radio station in my bedroom, and I like listening to the radio station before I sleep. I've recently discovered what a mistake that is. At roughly 1am yesterday morning, unable to sleep, I heard a show I'd never heard before. I don't know what it is called, because there was no announcer, and the broadcast schedule listed is rebroadcast, which is usually reserved for rebroadcasting recordings of the day shows. At first, I thought it was radia, which I really have no idea how to describe, but that only plays on Saturday evenings. To get to the point, this show was harrowing to listen to. I could hear the familiar sounds of a live show on the station. I've been doing a show long enough to recognize the minimal background noise, the manipulation of the mouse to operate Megaseg, our SIG program, and the click of various bits of equipment being manipulated to optimize, optimize volume and leveling for broadcast. That's where the familiarity ended. Though, because a voice came over the air, I didn't recognize as one of the normal station hosts. It was completely neutral. No notes of feminine or masculinity. Not that that means anything, but it was unnerving. Welcome, my dear listeners, to my show. If you're listening, you already know what we do here. If you're new... Congratulations on stumbling upon the newest radio obsession that's sweeping the nation. This show doesn't have a name, but it certainly does have a purpose, and hopefully we'll be able to change the way you see the world. They paused and chuckled at this, and I heard some muffled whimpering in the background. Now before we get started, I'd like to introduce you to our guest, There was a sound of tape being ripped off of something, followed by some incoherent screaming, which was extremely loud in the slightest moments before the levels of the mic were adjusted. Judging by the background noise off that mic, they were probably in the booth rather than the control room. Well now, that's not very nice to our listeners, dear guest. Since she's not going to introduce herself, her name is Meredith. She used to be a devout listener like most, if not all of you, and now we've invited her to join in on the show. I should have turned off the radio right then. I heard the sound of duct tape being pulled off the roll, followed by its tearing and now muffling of Meredith's panic, crying and screaming. Now, I did try to turn off the radio, but my remote wasn't working. 
Logically, I got out of bed and pressed off the switch on my unit and it did nothing. I even unplugged the radio. Knowing that its battery compartment was completely empty, it continued to play. Oh dear, it appears that one of our new listeners just tried to tune out of the broadcast. We can't have that. Now, dear Pryor, sit quietly and listen. I was stunned into silence and did as instructed. But the entire time my mind was screaming as my body disobeyed me. Now, let's begin. I don't want to regal you all with the details, but what I heard will haunt me for the rest of my life. I heard this unnamed host narrating as she began to slowly torture Meredith. Her screams muffled by the duct tape and the lowered volume of the mic, but it wasn't enough for the other mic in the booth to pick up the sickening sounds as the host saw through bone, slowly but surely. From what I saw, the host said, they started at Meredith's toes, clipping them off with some sort of shears, then inch-thick segments of her leg from the ankle up. I sat, transfixed, listening to this torture and completely unable to move, my own will suppressed by something far more sinister. The show lasted for hours, and it wasn't until the last few minutes of the show the host started speaking directly to the audience again. Rather than narrating their atrocities on this poor woman, thank you, my dear loyal listeners, for listening. Meredith says that she thanks you all for listening to her end, and that she hopes one of you will enjoy the privilege of being next. I and my team have already identified our next guest and will be welcoming her on next week. Hopefully she'll be more courteous to our audience and given her radio experience, I think she will be. So once more, thank you all for listening and we'll be back this time next week. The radio clicked off after that. Having been unplugged, I was finally able to move again. Still horrified by what I'd listened to, I checked the time, and only an hour had passed. I know for a fact I was listening for at least three hours. Like something compressed time. I don't know. What I do know is this. I'm writing this from the station lounge right now, and there's no blood in the booth. There was a note for me on the console in the control room. I've been scared to read it, so I'm putting it off by writing my account. I contacted the CRTC in the morning, but they told me that nothing of the sort that I described was broadcast from the station. I checked the station archives, same thing. I'm writing this in case something happens to me, but whatever you do, don't listen to the radio station at night. I just finished reading the note. I'm going to transcribe it in full detail, because I want this to be recorded, just in case. Dear Pryor, thank you for listening to our show. 
Just wanted to let you know that you're not the only station member who listens. And I expect I'll see you for an interview sometime in the future. You're not our lucky guest next week. But who knows what the future holds. Oh, and by the way, don't contact the CRTC about me again. I know where you and your loved ones live. After all, signed, H. I don't know if I'm going to be the next, but I'm hoping that I won't be. If something happens, this will be here, unless they somehow gain access and delete it. But here's what I do know. There's no point in trying to report this, because whoever's running it has some level of power that would just get me killed regardless of what I do. So the best I can do is warn you not to listen. Please, if you want to save yourself from a gruesome death, don't listen to this station after midnight. It's a cold December day. I just got back from one of my walks to the very back of my neighborhood, Sunny Oakland Avenue. And quite frankly, I think that it was the last time I will leave my house alive. Ever since I moved here back in September of 2011, I noticed that everyone here is odd, but for the most part, friendly. The kids here are mostly okay, if not creepy. It honestly feels like I moved into the smack dab middle of the twilight zone. Three 12 to 14 year old boys can be seen wandering in backyards without fences at night. Sometimes I look through the window and if asked what they are doing, they'll just stare at who asked the question before running. A girl who looks to be eight is always dressed in a Girl Scout uniform despite there being no Girl Scout groups until about five or six hours west, and that is the closest group. A little boy who I think is about seven is always sitting in his driveway with an empty smile on his face all hours of the day. I've tried asking him why he isn't at school, but all he said was, Hello, sir. Can I help you? That's his response to everything. A little girl who looks to be about seven knocks on my door every day to ask for Riley. There hasn't been a Riley here since before she was born. Aside from the kids being straight up creepy, I don't have a problem with them. Or at least I didn't. These kids aren't human. Nobody has lived in any house here for longer than me except the families that have kids. I don't know what the genuine hell these kids are, or what this neighborhood does to them, but they are out for blood. The reason that I think I will die in my house before I leave it is on my walk today. The kids were acting very off. The second I stepped outside, I noticed the three teen boys standing in my backyard, and they only moved back if I was turned but they followed my every move. As I'm typing this, I can make the shadows of one of them moving outside my window, 
The Weird Girl Scout had a booth that had knockoff Girl Scout cookie brands. And if you didn't approach her to ask for the price, then buy some, she would just stare. The seven-year-old boy inside of his house today, but the window in his living room repetitively banging his fist on the glass, still smiling, still staring. The little girl who knocks on my door every day was waiting in the cul-de-sac in the back of sunny Oakland. When I turned around and went back home, instead of just hearing the boy's footsteps, I heard four sets. I turned around and they all froze. The boys and the girl who knocks on my door. The boy who always sits in his driveway was about 50 feet away, banging his fists on nothing. The Girl Scout was standing up, her head facing the ground. Something was wrong. I squinted and was shocked. She was dead. Flesh was hanging out of her shirt. I turned and ran back home. I was followed. I hear scratching and screaming just down the stairs, banging on my door as well. One of the teen boys is staring into my window, but he doesn't look remotely human. I don't think I have much time left. Please, no matter how cheap any house is here, no matter how stigmatized it is, no matter how much of a bargain you think it is, please, please, for the love of God, don't buy it. Don't ever set foot in here, no matter what you need to do here. Don't. As if you don't need this warning, you might not make it out. Just like the people who owned this house previously. Just like me. I just heard my door give way. Please, never go near sunny Oakland Avenue. I worked from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. at a gas station in one of the nicer cities around here, and I had a gentleman look me in the eyes and ask if I'm enjoying my last day on earth. He walked away before I could answer. I'm still here. I came home pretty late one night, and my roommate's bedroom was shut, and I assumed she was sleeping already, but I saw something out of the corner of my eye in the kitchen. I said her name, but she didn't answer. I didn't think of anything of it, so I walked into my room before I turned the light on, and something whispered, I'm still here. I turned on the light in my room, but nothing was there, so I turned on every light in the house and knocked on my roommate's door, and eventually opened it. But she wasn't there, so I left her light on too, and slept with all the lights on. When she came back the next morning, I asked her if she was messing with me, and she started crying and said she left because something was in the house messing with her, and she had to get out. A family friend of mine used to work in private wealth management. One of her jobs was diversification of her client assets on the stock market. Out of nowhere, she gets a call from a representative of one of her very big private clients to sell all the stocks of a big airline and move the liquidity somewhere else. No buts. 
and if they needed, they could sell in up to 5% below market as long as the shares are sold quickly. This was extremely weird, as the stock price of the company was pretty stable, and specifically this client's portfolio was heavily hedged with this stake, but she didn't think much of it. Oftentimes her clients did this for personal reasons, such as having a bad experience on a plane of the company or etc. Two days later, one of her colleagues that she shared this particular story told her how the airline stock price started slowly but surely falling. Some people were selling off their shares too which were gladly bought by the market at increasing prices. The next day, AA Flight 11 crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York. The stock market was closed for another week. <laughs>